0: Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to build a mindset for continuous growth. And then the gold standard for decades when it came to CEOs was Howard Schultz from Starbucks. But now the youngsters have wrecked his reputation. All right, helping you get unstuck so that you can live the life that you want. And it involves your work, your education, your money. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Okay, let's talk about building a habit, if you will, in the mind to where you are just constantly seeking growth. Now, some of you are already exhausted. You're going, "I, I just want to sleep more. I don't want to be in the hustle culture. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you the other side of that because you have two options. You can atrophy or you can grow. That's what you've got. And let's look at your finances. Let's look at your relationships. Let's look at your work life, your mental health, your physical health. I mean, just look at every important area of your life. You have two options. Growing or atrophy. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. Now, we're all dying, right? But until that point comes... And there are physical limitations, but even then, there are old people who die a lot faster than others. The ones that are sedentary, sitting physically and sitting mentally, meaning they're sitting there watching TV all day long. They're atrophying mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's not my opinion. These are the facts. Go look it up on the Google Science will tell you, you science lovers out there, it's not my opinion. So let's look at these two options. These are two options for how you live your life that, that really color everything you do. Number one, atrophy. This is, I am wasting away. Another way that the dictionary defines atrophy is progressive decline. Which is kind of funny, isn't it? (laughs) Progressive, the very word progressive means I am making progress. But atrophy is I am progressing in my decline. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever broken a bone before or had somebody in your family break a bone and you've had to have a cast. And this to me is the greatest illustration for what atrophy of a muscle looks like and how it happens. So um, I, I broke my thumb many years ago. And uh, where the break was, I had to have the cast about halfway up my arm. And when I got the cast taken off, I looked like this. And, and folks, you can look at me. I mean, look at these dainty wrists. I wish I was a big, strapping, muscular guy. I'm not. I'm a little guy, and I don't have big wrists or big forearms. But I remember looking at my, my forearm, my left forearm here that had the cast on. I looked at the other one, and it was noticeably smaller. We've all had this happen to us or someone we know. And it is atrophy. And so what happens is, this forearm was in a cast. It's immobile, and it is not being used in any way. Because my whole hand is wrapped up, I'm doing very little, any kind of squeezing, tactile, picking up. And so the muscle is largely immobile. Sedentary. Inactive. That leads to atrophy. The muscle literally wastes away from a lack of use. That's atrophy. Most of us choose to live this way. In the way that we think mentally. We don't mentally challenge ourselves. As a result, we don't physically challenge ourselves as much. I mean, we just talk. Look at the world population. Let's you know what? Let's pull back on the world. I don't want to get too broad here. Let's look at the American population. We're fatter than we've ever been. We're unhealthier than we've ever been. To me, our physical health is a direct result of our mental. And spiritual health. You can say emotional as well. It's all tied in together. I'll loop it all in for this discussion. And so the way that you don't get fat and lazy is you are busy and healthy. Right? You're healthy, you're staying active. I'm not going to get fat and lazy. I can't. They can't coexist. So let's look at the other option. So we know what atrophy looks like. It means I'm just, and, and let, me, let me say this before I move on. Atrophy is related to apathy. If I, my life looks like an apathetic, well, I'm just kind of going to go along. I don't really care. Whatever happens, I'll just survive. I've already decided that I'm going to atrophy, that I'm going to waste away, that I'm going to, progressively decline. The other option is to grow. I could say to learn, to try. That's what growth comes from, learning and trying. Or I could say learning and doing, doing something with what I'm learning. So growth is the other option. I can either atrophy and waste away, progressively decline, or I can grow. I can keep learning, keep doing, keep getting better, keep growing. Now, here's what I've learned about growth. If you want to have a growth mindset, you're going to have to embrace two hurdles. That if you clear these hurdles, you're guaranteed for growth. The first is resistance. The second is failure. In order to grow, you are going to have to deal with and and leverage resistance, and you're going to have to deal with and leverage failure. Let me give you the two examples. So resistance. So I got caught up in the Peloton craze several years ago. Oh, I had to have one. So I got one, and it was fantastic. And I'll tell you, it blew me away. I started taking these classes. And so the first t- couple times you get on the bike, they do a really good job of training you how to use the bike itself. And on the Peloton bike, if you've never been on a Peloton, and I assume other bikes that are like it the same way, uh, there was a there's a knob, right on the, uh, the 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 main bar of the bike, if you will, between your knees, and you could adjust that knob, and it would create more resistance. And so I'll never forget being on the second or third lesson, and and, and I was doing it. I did the one the first time I just did it, and then I went I need a training. Uh, a training class so I got on and the guy walks you Okay, there's gonna be three things we're doing here right and he gives you three metrics right so your speed okay and, and 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 then the next was resistance and if you turn this knob it became harder to pedal all right and that would increase my heart rate so speed and resistance led to maximum performance because I'm trying to burn calories so I'm looking at calories and I'm burning more calories the more resistance I have the second is failure so when I'm re- getting resistance I'm getting stronger I'm getting impact and then failure it's just really simple I learn my greatest lessons in life when I fail and I sit back and go hmm why didn't that work what should I not do next time what should I do more of next time resistance and failure lead to growth. Embrace them. Oh! Oh, boy, oh, boy, the youngsters are fired up about unions. More on that in a second what that means to you in the greater economy. But first, if you're enjoying this program, thank you. Uh, if you are watching via YouTube, would you uh, like this video or any video that you are watching? That helps us grow, and we are growing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're listening via podcast, uh, give us a follow and a five-star review, please, if you enjoy it. If you got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all, right? Uh, All right, so Starbucks, Starbucks and Howard Schultz are getting hammered by the youngsters. What does this mean? Well, first, some quick context. Howard Schultz was considered a true darling of industry, widely respected for the unbelievable growth under his leadership the first time around at Starbucks. I mean, he was a media darling, a corporate darling. Everybody's like, Howard Schultz can flat-out lead. Uh, Spoke for crazy amounts of money, you know, all the things. Enjoys retirement. Gets called back in because Starbucks falters. Comes back in uh, and uh, attempts to right the ship. And as he does, he gets hit with this new generation, Gen Z. More on that in a moment. Who have been tempted and swayed by... The concept of unions, not a new thing in America. Well, he was in D.C. just last week, getting grilled by senators about accusations that Starbucks, under his leadership, attempted to interfere with unionization and collective bargaining efforts at its stores. Um, While he was CEO, he recently stepped down. I think he just said, I had it. I think he just said, you know what? I'm done. I don't need this. I'm Howard frickin Schultz. I'm worth a lot of money. So he's done. No longer CEO. So, as I mentioned at the start of this, Schultz was a a real darling of the media, other corporate leaders, and had a great image, a pristine image. And now the youngsters have taken his reputation out because now he's known as Mr. Anti-Union, which he is and he should be. More on that. In a moment. Well, where is America? I mean, what 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 where are the tea leaves? Oh, what are the tea leaves telling us? Well, America uh, has changed its opinion over time about unions and large companies. Unions are are now looked upon favorably. Large companies, bad, bad, evil, big companies, bad. But we shop there. Hmm. Well. Gen Z, people born from 1997 to 2012, are very, very open, even enthusiastic in some cases, about unions. Uh, But but, but Schultz for years took the case at, at, at Starbucks that a Starbucks employee didn't need a union Because they had better benefits than just about anybody else and was very open about how great it was. Some of those things were uh, average pay for a store employee is $17.50. Let me tell you something. That's a very high hourly wage Uh, for that type of retail service industry work. Uh, They got stock options, tuition assistance, Starbucks health insurance, uh, option for part-time workers uh, was a big deal. And he talked about that. Uh, His statement in the hearings were, if you look at the 50s and 60s, unions were generally working on behalf of people in a company where those people had not been treated fairly. He's right. And uh, went on to say, in some cases, they were nefarious acts by the employer taking advantage of the employee. And that's right. I will tell you as a guy who is anti-union that historically, at the inception of unions in this country, there were... Bad things happening to workers and the intent of the unions was pure, dare I say, needed at that time. However, as with anything good, it can be used for bad. And I believe that this is what happens to anything. Politics gets involved in your local school, in your church. In your neighborhood association, meaning when people start trying to get political and and get power, because that's what politics is, power, ruling, speaking on behalf of other people. When that enters into any, if you've ever been to a church business meeting where it got political, slam the door on your face. Neighborhood, as I got involved in my neighborhood association several years ago when we lived in Atlanta, I lasted two meetings. Politics. Politics has gotten involved in unions. Now, I'm going to tell you why unions aren't good for business and thus are not good for this economy, and that means they're not good for you. I'm going to tie this all in for you. But here's where America stands on this. A Gallup poll in August found that 71% of those surveyed approve of labor unions the last time support for organized labor was that high was in 1965. However, only 16% said that they or someone in their household were part of a labor union, so they're saying, I'm in favor of it, but I'm not in one, and nobody I know is either, so I'm not sure they truly understand it, but thankfully, folks, I'm on the wall today. I'll tell you why unions are bad. 84% of respondents who said they had no connection to a union, just over half said they were not interested at all in joining a union. So that's good. Now, why are unions bad for workers, bad for business, bad for the economy, bad for you? Here we go. And your daddy and your mama may not have taught you this. So sit up straight, because this is common sense stuff. And you can wrestle with this. Disagree with me? Fine. But at least wrestle with it. Number one. All this represent representation that a union promises for the employer, because that's the whole, that's why it's attractive to young Gen Zers. That's why 71% of Americans will go, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of unions, because they fight for the little man. They fight for the worker. Okay, that's the whole pitch. They have our best interest in mind. Well, They're not just representing you because they love you. They're getting paid to do it. There are union dues. Do some homework on how those union dues get spent. On campaigns, on perks for union leaders, swanky offices. It's all politics, folks. Dig into this. Challenge me on this. So unions aren't free. They cost workers more money. And then unions almost always create tension between the workers and the company leadership. These things don't go amicably very often, and there's always tension. There's no true free flow of communication. It is always a negotiation, and that is never healthy. Third, unions don't always align with the wishes of the workers. They got rulers, baby. You could pay your dues and vote and be in a union, but guess what? At the end of the day, it's not your voice that is heard. You're told what to do, how to vote, and why. Your political leaders are making the decision. And because of this, the true individuality of the worker is squashed. You give it away. When you become a part of a union, you're not making decisions that only you can make. You're a part of the bigger group. And then because of these negotiations and increases of all this stuff, companies have to raise their prices. And when companies raise their prices, this gets passed on to the customer. This affects the economy and this affects you. Listen, we have too many laws on the books. There's too many good things you're not going to get abused in today's world to the point that you need a union. You don't need them. We don't need them. Unions are about politics. Unions are about increasing prices. Unions are about tamping down a true capitalistic economy. You ought to be against them and actively. All right, folks, uh, you know, the the economy is uncertain at best. Recession is being predicted. We don't know when. We don't know how intense it's going to be. The Feds keep raising interest rates. You got unions blowing up. You got the Fed trying to drive up unemployment, and you're sitting out there going, this is all uncertain and very scary. What can I do, Ken? The answer is... You can get really clear on the life that you want and how you go get it. And and you can have confidence because you are clear on this is what I'm going to do. To not let the economy, to not let Congress, to not let any outside factor hold me back from living the life I want. I can make the money that I want to make and I can live the way I want to live, do the work I want to do. If you want to get from where you are to where you want to be and you're worried about all these other circumstances, you need to get clear on what you want to do, why, where, and how. And then you're not worried about all these other circumstances. Financially, professionally, personally, you need breakthrough or how to always get breakthrough, how to break through all the cultural crap. That's what my event's going to help you do. Chicago, Illinois, May 16th. Atlanta, Georgia, May 18th. Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. These are the three dates we've got left on the tour. And I'm telling you, this is for you. If you just feel like I'm not where I want to be, I'm worried about my financial future. I'm worried about my professional future. I want to be in control. There's very little you can't control, but there are a few things you can. And they make you unstoppable from anything that's happening in culture. I'm going to tell you what the formula is, how you do it. We're going to take your questions live in the crowd. May 16th, Chicago, May 18th, Atlanta, May 23rd, Dallas, Texas. Get your tickets, all the information at KenColeman.com slash events. KenColeman.com slash events. Can I just tell you, these are intimate theaters. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be unplugged, baby, even more so than I am on the show. That's either good or bad. KenColeman.com slash events. Catherine's on the line in St. Petersburg, Florida. Catherine, you're on the Ken Coleman Show.
1: Hi, Ken. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. What's going on?
1: Hey, uh, it's really great to be on your show. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. Um, I've been watching you a lot lately, and it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, so I was hired in uh, my position about 90 days ago, just hit my 90 days. And um, I was hired to take over someone's um, book who had been, um, she's currently retiring. And they told me, oh, she's going to stay on for like three to six months. And she's going to, you know, teach you the ropes of the accounts and then hand everything over to you. Um, And she's also at the same time going to be training these other salespeople because she's kind of like got a dual role and um, she's going to focus on them, but she's going to pass everything over to you. Um, I have 14 years of experience in um, the field that I'm in. And from like day one, like it's been, she's just very erratic giving me what she, she, it's tough because it's like she's trying to tell me what to do, micromanaging me, disrespecting me, and I'm not sure how to navigate everything, um, and it's very confusing. I don't know if that makes sense. There's probably a lot of different stories I could tell to kind of clarify it,
0: but... Well, yeah. I think you just nailed it. You're confused. You've been told... You were told one thing, you were given a very clear reality, and all of a sudden you get there, and that's... The, the, the rug's been pulled out from underneath of you.
1: yeah. Yeah, like she's treating me like I'm an assistant and trying to tell me like every little tiny thing to do and how how to do basic math even. And I'm like, "Come on. do <laughs> like, yeah, not to you, do
0: that." Yeah, but you know why that's happening? Now, now let me ask you this before I say that. When okay. you were told that, were you told that by her that she did she look at you and say, "I'm I'm getting out of here soon and you're going to be my replacement?" Or did somebody else tell you that?
1: Somebody somebody else pretty much. I mean, she was in the interview but someone else told me and, um, Is that she other the owner?
0: Person,
1: no, she's not. She's, she's not the owner. And, um, my supervisor has always had issues with her in the past. And I wonder if I'm not the second person that
0: okay. tried to take over her role,
1: to be honest. Okay.
0: I wasn't sure if she's, if I, am sorry for asking that. I just didn't know if this was her business, but she's just in a position and she has a leader over her.
1: Yes. correct. And they've had and this problem.
0: They've had this problem with her before. Correct.
1: It sounds like it. Yeah, who's they said deciding, they run-ins with
0: her. Okay, who's deciding when she leaves? Her or or the supervisor?
1: She's deciding when she leaves. And and, and I asked my supervisor I'm like, so how long, you know, do you think this is going to keep going on and um you know, how long is she going to stay on board? And she's like, oh, I don't I don't know. And then I get a call from her later that day and she's like, So in regards to you wondering when I'm gonna retire, whenever I feel like it, that's when. Could be a year. Oh my I don't know. Gosh. I
0: was like,
1: Your supervisor what? threw what you happened? under He's, the bus. It sounds like she did. So I'm just kinda like, Who's on my side? Nobody. Okay, I don't know who to
0: go to. <laughs> Nobody. So here's what's going on. You are being okay. you're being pummeled by two fearful people. Your supervisor is afraid to tell this old battle axe to leave. <laughs> That's the first thing. <sighs> okay. Seriously. I don't know yeah. what else it would be. You were you were told by the supervisor that you're her replacement, and I guess she's training you. You're in that period of training and yet she's treating you like you're an imbecile. Yeah,
1: and that's coming exactly. from
0: but that's coming from fear too. The old yep. battle axe is afraid that you're gonna replace her and do a better job, and I think she's trying to make you miserable and she may not even realize what she's doing. I think it's psychological, and I'm, I'm not saying that she's not doing it on purpose, but I think she is protecting herself. She doesn't want to go. Her insecurities, that's fear-based, are, are driving the way she's treating you. She's trying to drive you out, because if she pushes you away, it lengthens the amount of time before she leaves. But the longer you're there, and the more... Um, uh, uh, the word is not adequate. The more effective you are, it hastens her exit. And I think I don't think she wants to leave. I think she's holding on for dear life. Oh. Does that feel right? Oh
1: man,
0: does that feel right to you?
1: It's, yeah, I think it. I think it sounds pretty close. I mean, a, a part of me is like, don't you want to retire? Like, I thought that was the whole point of this. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, I, you the know. The real but problem like... in
0: this is not the old battle axe. I I okay. understand. I don't agree with what she's doing. Um, but I understand her situation more than I understand your supervisor. I don't know why your supervisor who hired you and, and told you that you were her replacement is throwing you under the bus. It feels very manipulative. It it, feels, yeah, it feels like the supervisor is afraid to confront the old battle ax and is trying to make the battle axe uncomfortable or angry or make you uncomfortable so that you leave and they don't have to deal with the reality. That's what I feel like is going on. This is all a function of weak leadership. Your supervisor is a weakling.
1: Interesting. I mean, and you know what's so crazy too is it's like, um, she told me like, you need to push back on her. Like, you know, we hired you to take over this role and you're just supposed to take the knowledge of the accounts well then you do know, it push
0: back. okay then you have to decide do you want to give this another shot or are you ready to walk
1: it's hard because some days i'm just like this is impossible i get like, it because she's she's literally trying to make me look bad at every corner and my confidence is already kind of it's i'm nervous you know it's yeah, a new job my point and, is, and is do you
0: but my point is do you want to fight for this or are you saying i can go replace this job and just be done with this chapter of my life
1: Oh, it's such a good question because it's an amazing role. It's it's literally... It's-
0: All right then, so here's the deal. So then you have to take your supervisor's word for it. You got to go, okay, now listen, I got some advice. You can blame it on me if you want. Or you can just say, <laughs> I got yes. some advice. And uh, I'm going to take you at your word. You told me to push back, so here's what I think that looks like. I don't want to get cut off at the knees here with you. She's not going to tell me to treat me that way anymore. I'm not going to let her. And I do think the old lady's a bit of a bully here, and I think the way to stand up to bullies is just to be brave. You don't have to be ugly back. I don't think that'll work, but I think you just talk to the hand. Ignore her. Don't let her get to you. Be the bigger person. This is a great opportunity for you. Your future's tied to this. The old lady ain't going to be around forever. You know what, old (laughs) lady? You're trying to push me out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you trying to push me out and bully me. I'm going to stand up to you and raise your bullying And I'm going to wait you out. That's what I would do. I love it. Take the power back. Don't listen to her. No, I know. Yeah, but you know why it's hard? (laughs) Because you don't want to confront her. But it's a muscle. You don't have to be ugly. Just stand up to her. Ignore her. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.